0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies.
2: It's Friday, and that means it's time for Options Action. I'm Dominic Chewin for Melissa Lee tonight, live from the NASDAQ market side in Times Square. So here's what's coming up.
1: As quickly as one inflation gauge offers hope, another dashes it. The dollar and other proxies now caught in a tug of war. Find out how best to hedge with options. Then, Tesla stock and its founder, Also, getting yanked in all directions. Whether you're a Musk disciple or not, we'll prepare a play to take advantage of the volatility. Finally, what do Boeing and Netflix have in common? Absolutely nothing, except their recent sprints higher and the options strategies to employ right now. It's time to risk less to make more. Options action starts right now.
2: It seems every new inflation data point is contradictory to the prior one, leaving the dollar likely range bound. But what about some of the dollar proxies out there? Carter Worth, you're here. What are you seeing? Let's
3: get right to it. So I've got a chart of the dollar index. We'll look at a few iterations and move on to the ETF UUP. Here is the dollar index, the great run up. No drawings, no lines, let's put some lines in. So the first iteration that's important here is that we are now down to the penny, yes, to the midpoint of the channel. And actually, what note uh, went out to clients to reduce shorts by half. The shorts from September, we've been paid on that, but we think you've gotta stay, but reduce. Ultimately, at 101, we wanna flip it around and get long. That's not now, so reducing shorts. Here we go. Now, what we really wanna talk about, of course, is the ETF, which is, of course, the same proxy. Now. The person who's continuing to be bearish, and again, we want to just reduce shorts, would say that ultimately this head and shoulders has a lot of downside. But as of right now, there's a lot of authority to the June high, the August low. So take a look, and here is the UUP, and what we know, again, is that the June high, the August low, we're almost at that level. So final chart, if I just put a line across this, typically before you undercut and break, you get a counter-trend rally of sorts. So it would be this kind of thing ultimately before that kind of thing. One could say, so wait, you're bullish or you're bearish? Meaning actually the dollar is likely to back and fill here, even back up a bit. And so it's, the volatility is like to shrink here now in the dollar.
2: All right, Carter Ward, thank you very much for the look at the dollar and the dollar ETFs. Mike Coe, let's bring you in. What's the trade when it comes to what you're doing with the U.S. dollar?
4: Yeah, so the interesting thing here is that actually I was taking a look at uh, silver. So, you know, oftentimes when we are thinking about uh, what's going to happen to currencies, whether we have a lot of inflation, as currencies weaken, we often think of the metals, industrials and precious metals uh, rallying. Now, based on what he was just talking about, you might think that the rally that we've seen in silver recently in that case would be done. My thinking though, is that we might actually still have some more upside. I'm long SLV and have been, but if you're not right now, the question you're probably asking yourself is, well, do I wanna chase it here and why would I be interested in doing that? So I think right now the Fed is really trying to navigate a very sticky situation. And while we are looking at these conflicting data points of inflation, versus employment. The fact is that they also have some other things to think about, which is what are the implications of higher rates, including in that the fact that governments have taken on tremendous amounts of debt over the course of the last several years. And that is going to create some real pain if rates go considerably higher. So I have a feeling that we're actually going to end up with an inflation rate that is much higher than the basically the target rate of inflation that we had previously. And I think that's good for precious metals. Also, any kind of out of left field, a risk off situation can also sometimes create a bolster for uh, the precious metals. So what I'm looking at is just a call spread. I was looking out to January, the 21, 24 call spread. when I was looking at that earlier today. Cost about 85 cents. Important point about that. That's an in-the-money call spread. So SLV was above 21. When I was looking at this, I think it was probably around 2115 or so. You could, of course, look to an out of the money call spread. But of course, then that's going to raise the break even on that trade for you. And I think this is a way that you can get upside participation without just running out and buying SLV
2: if you haven't enjoyed the rally that we've seen in it thus far. All right. So a debit spread there from from Mike Co. Scott Nations, let's bring you in. What's your take on Mike's trade there? Is that the way to play the dollar and silver?
5: Well, it's interesting, and we have to draw the distinction between what we think markets should do and what they ultimately do. Today was a perfect example. If all you did was look at the jobs number today and then tried to predict where the market was going to close, you certainly would not have thought that the the equities were essentially going to be unchanged and that rates would actually be lower. So maybe what Mike is suggesting makes sense, because if rates do continue to come down, then something like gold or silver will likely appreciate mike and carter no i am not a big fan of precious metals but you know mike's option trade makes a lot of sense if you want to define your risk if you want to have some upside exposure to precious metals the problem for me is that with long-term rates at three and a half percent and the fed funds terminal yield in march above five percent i have a tough time seeing rates stay here Uh, i think they have to go higher and that would probably hurt mike's trade.
2: All right. So, so, uh, Mike, with that in mind, I mean, this is the silver trade. Any thoughts right now? We've seen similar price action in gold as well. Is gold or silver, which way do you think is the better way to do this?
4: So, you know, interestingly, up until about two weeks ago, I was long both. Uh, I've subsequently paired my gold position. I have a feeling, and actually Carter can probably speak to the gold-silver ratio better than I can. But my thinking here is that Uh, Silver may actually have a little bit more uh, near-term upside on a relative basis to gold, although I I do like both. And if you happen to have a gold position, I wouldn't necessarily be pairing it. What do you think, Carter?
3: Well, we might have some silver charts here to look at on the screen. But basically, silver is the more dynamic, sort of the beta trade within the precious metals. And so if one is bullish, we are, uh, silver over gold, uh, that's the winner.
2: All right. Let's now turn from metals to Musk. Elon unveiling the production version of the new Tesla semi-truck last night. Though several years late, the EV maker did deliver its first semi-truck with a promise of 500 miles of range. And if the new semi is sparking your interest, Scott has a way to actually trade Tesla stock with options. Take us through the trade, Scott.
5: Yeah, Dom, and we want to trade Tesla with options. To define a risk because of everything that's gone on i think the stock is likely to churn i think it's likely to move sideways until we get some visibility some understanding on what elon musk is going to do uh vis-a-vis tesla uh because he's seems to be completely engaged with twitter right now but you know your point about the semi also points out that every time tesla's had some good news it's been reflected by bad news yeah they As you pointed out, wonderful idea with the semi that they delivered yesterday to PepsiCo. Problem is, it's three years too late. Uh, They also announced they want to ramp up production in China. Congratulations, guys. Unfortunately, they just had to issue a recall on 435,000 vehicles in China. So again, I I think that every time there's good news, there's also bad news. That means that the stock is going to churn. But we can use options to take care of that. And the way to do that, and also get the math working for us a little bit, is to buy a call calendar spread and so i did this earlier today in tesla i bought one of the march 225 calls and i reduced the cost of the whole trade by just over 40 percent by selling one of the january 225 calls i paid seven dollars and 40 cents for the whole thing and so that's my max loss but what do we want to have happen here dom we want to have tesla churn sideways maybe rally a little bit between now and that january expiration And once that happens, that January call that we've sold will expire worthless. We'll be long that March call. And then we can do all sorts of things with it. We can sell it for a profit. We can turn it into a different sort of trade. Uh, But this is the the sort of payoff profile you can only get using options.
2: All right. So that's the Tesla trade right now. Mike Coe, any thoughts there? Is that the way that you would be doing it with a calendar spread? Yeah, I I think that's a good way to play this because I I don't know
4: that uh, we've seen the near-term bottom for Tesla. I mean, when I take a look at this, is something for Carter more than me. But when I take a look at the charts, uh, I I could see potentially 145-ish in play if we just take a look. And now I understand why it's tempting to try to reach out and buy this stock considering it's down more than 50% from its all-time highs. But the valuation isn't entirely cheap. Um, I never want to count Elon out. I never want to count Tesla out. I think they make a great product, and I think he's, uh, you know, arguably the country's best entrepreneur. But you know, it just feels very, very heavy to me, and I wouldn't be reaching out and buying the stock. I think this is a good way to play for some upside,
2: understanding that I, I just don't think it's going to get a near-term bounce. All right, so it feels heavy to Mike Co. Carter, does it look heavy based on the charts?
3: So here's the circumstance. And we know that it peaked two months prior to the S&P. It peaked in November 4th. S&P peaks January 4th. It's a 60% decline. Its relative performance is atrocious. But at this point, it is, just as Scott has described, likely to back and fill and sequence sideways before ultimately going lower. So no discernible immediate directional trade here to my eye.
2: And, Scott, I'm going to give you the last word on this. Anything in reaction to what Carter or Mike said about your trade?
3: Well, I mean, Carter is
5: saying that we can use a call calendar spread to take advantage of this backing and filling and sideways work. And I understand why Mike is a little dubious. But I also think that the people who love Tesla stock really love it. And they're going to look to buy when we see uh, what Elon's going to do.
2: All right, there's the Tesla trade on options. For everything Options Action, by the way, check out our website and newsletter as well. We do have more Options Action coming up in the show after this. Keep it right here.
1: Still to come, an options twofer. Similar steps to take after big jumps in two very different companies, Boeing and Netflix. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action Returns.
0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies.
2: Welcome back to Options Action. An impressive run here for stocks over the last few months. The S&P is up more than 13%. And two names feeling the love, it's Boeing and Netflix. Those stocks on absolute tears, Boeing up more than 51%. in that span, Netflix up more than 36%. So can the climb continue? Carter's starting with Boeing. Carter.
3: Let's get right to it. So chart, no drawings, no lines. Let's put some in. What do we know? We have a well-defined downtrend line. We have a double bottom. We know the S&P made a new low in October. Boeing does not undercut its June low. But here is the issue. We are up against that trend line. Third and final chart. And remarkably, as is so often the case, it is, to the penny, to the penny, to the penny. We have about 2% to go, and Boeing can do that. But the point here is, at this point, one would be right to start trimming or selling premium.
2: Okay. All right. So, Scott, I mean, I see the chart there. What exactly, then, would be the trade that you would put in reaction to what Carter just showed us on Boeing?
6: Well, Don, let's look at the fundamentals real quickly, because just today, the Wall Street Journal announced that United Airlines is set to buy dozens, dozens of 787s, maybe as many as 100. And uh, we expect substantial revenue growth for Boeing over the next two years, as much as 50% during the next two years. So I actually think Boeing is going to ride the trend of everybody wanting to bust out and travel. But I'm worried about what Carter has to say. So the way to trade this is to just buy a call to get long exposure rather than running out and buying the stock. And so, earlier today, you could buy the March 190 strike call, $13.25. This is the way to trade it, and we are going to trade it. And because we're buying a relatively long-dated option, we're going to have some time to make a decision. And again, thirteen that's our max loss as
2: opposed to buying the stock. Mike Coe, what's your take on this? Just outright buy the call? Absolutely, I think that's a better way to play it long. I mean, here's
4: a couple things to think about. If all you did was look at the price chart or the market capitalization, you would take a look at where this company has come from and where it's gone down to, and you would say, you know, the company's been cut in half or maybe even a little bit more. But actually, the value of the business, the enterprise value, has not declined as much. The company has lost or will have lost. $20 Twenty billion dollars over the last three years. If we see earnings come in where I think they will by the end of this year, we've seen an increase of about forty billion dollars in debt. So the enterprise value, the business, is only down about thirty thirty-five percent from its all-time highs. And yet, the you know the picture looking forward is really not that great. And seven eighty-seven isn't where this company is going to make their money. They make their money in the single-aisle aircraft. That's where they found themselves in trouble with the seven thirty-seven Max, and they're facing a big. Uh, deadline coming up. On December 27th, they're out in DC right now lobbying to try to get an extension, but they need an approval on you know the biggest of these 737 maxes. That's about $50 billion worth of outstanding orders that could potentially fall through. So I think you wouldn't want to go out and buy the stock or chase it here. But if you think they're going to get a positive bit of news out of that 27th deadline, then you could buy this call. And one quick point, when you get that additional leverage on the balance sheet, that accounts For the additional volatility in the equity, these calls actually on a relative basis are priced about the same as they were back at the end of the third quarter of 2018 uh, if you adjust for the additional debt on the balance sheet. So very
2: reasonably priced calls in my view. Big Dow component, and it's up 51% in just this quarter alone. So that's let's let's set Boeing aside. Big trade there. Let's turn our to attention to the other name making a lot of outsized moves here. That's Netflix, the streaming giant having a bull run, but still down 47% this year. Carter, let's send, send things back over to you with the charts and the technicals for Netflix.
3: You bet. So as rides go, it doesn't get any more wild than this. 700 high. You've got a low of, well basically we're 320 now. We've doubled from the low of 160. Doubled. So what do we do? Let's put in some lines. What we know, it's been very orderly, right? Uh, An ascent, a pause, an ascent, a pause, but look where we are. Final chart. We are back to the scene of the crime. The stock plunged on its news at 329. It closed at 320 today. The definition of overhead supply is now in effect. People from here, who want to get their money back. Thank goodness I'm out. I can't believe I've endured this. And that's only one kind of memory. Then there's people who bought it here who want to, of course, let me grab this. I've made a fortune. This is a huge level. I would either sell calls or trim my longs.
2: no. no okay, so, so, so if we are watching that, how significant could this be? I mean, Netflix was an investor darling for such a long time, so who wins out in that particular kind of uh, tug of war? I, I guess it's not really a tug of war. There is overhead supply, but, but how, how, much, how, how significant could it be at that 329 level?
3: Well, here, here's what it is. I mean, the whole concept of where shares were purchased. We know, right, for, for a four or five month period, Purchases were made at 3.30, and we also know there are a lot of purchases made down here. When you have profits at a certain point, you're talking about a, a, a double off low, you get sellers who want to book those. When you've returned to a level where a lot of people who lost a lot of money have recouped their capital, there's nothing to do with fundamentals, this is where they want to typically get their money back. Because what is the PE? How, intellectually, how do we explain this? Done 700 to um, 160? Was it... Expensive up here or is it cheap down here? But the point is you're back to a difficult level.
2: All right, Carter, thank you very much for the chart look there. Mike Co., how are you playing Netflix given this overhead supply that we could theoretically be seeing in the coming days?
4: It was expensive up there, and it was cheap when it got down low. In fact, it was cheaper than the S&P when it got down to 160, and that's probably the only time in its traded history that you'd be able to say that. I did buy some. I ended up selling it a bit too early, but I will say that if you've had the good fortune to rally uh, up from the 160 to this 320 level, it makes a lot of sense to me now that the company is no longer cheap. Uh, that its run, at least for the short term, may be over. One of the things you could do in a situation like this is consider selling some upside calls. But because, of course, this is tends to be a fairly volatile stock, I think another way to play it, and a way that someone who doesn't own the stock could play a potential pause here, is by selling an upside call spread. I was looking at the January sixth, three thirty-five, three forty-five call spread. I could collect about three dollars, or about one percent of the current stock price, over the course of one month for selling that call spread. Bear in mind, this is a trade that if you own the stock, you were thinking about doing a covered call, something that Tim Seymour was actually talking about in the prior half hour. Uh, This is a trade that you could put on top of your long equity position. And if you also think that Netflix is going to just stop here for a little bit, you could sell this call spread or even uh, sell a downside put spread as well and uh, come up with an iron
2: condor. All right. So, Scott Nations, quick word to you here. What do you think of the trade?
4: Uh, I
6: love the trade. It's a great company. But I'm not certain the stock is a real buy here. What
2: Mike's doing makes sense. All right. Thank you guys very much for the look there on Netflix and Boeing. Coming up next on the show, we're taking your tweets. So head over to Twitter, at Options Action. Ask us your most burning options questions. We'll try to take them and answer them. We're back in two after this. Welcome back to Options Action. It's time to take some tweets. Our first fan asks... With the VIX under 20, what is the best way to play for higher volatility into the new year? Scott Nations, that goes to you. What do you think?
6: Well, I have to ask is, does your portfolio look more like the NASDAQ 100? And if that's the case, then look at Vol Q, which is the volatility index on the NASDAQ 100. The futures trade at the CME. The, the options trade on NASDAQ. And buying Vol
2: Q call spreads would be a great way to play that sort of decent. All right, Scott Nations with a the trade there. Our next tweet says, KIE, the insurance ETF from the S&P, has significantly outperformed the S&P in the past year and is running 20 percent in the last two months. How would you play the insurance sector, Carter Braxton Worth?
3: Yeah, it's a big move right to a former high. And so my thinking here would be to stay, but to sell calls, sell the 44s or 45s looking out to March. It's a great ETF, 50 insurance stocks, every big one from Met, Pru, Allstate and so
2: forth. All right, Mike Coe, what do you think about the insurance side of things? Yeah, I
4: mean, we uh, we actually made a uh, an insurance play when we were talking about Berkshire not that long ago, which, of course, is an insurance play all its own. Uh, so I like the space. Um, personally, I think buying calls, if you haven't had exposure, might not be a bad way to play for further
2: upside without any risk of a pullback. All right, it's been on a tear, that insurance business right now. Thanks very much, guys. We got coming up next, we got the final call. Keep it right here. We'll be back after this short break. Welcome back. Time for the final call. Carter,
3: we'll start with you. Reduce your shorts in the dollar. It's getting crowded.
2: Reduce the shorts. Scott Nations. I'm buying call calendar spreads in Tesla. Okay. And Tesla, the trade there. Mike Coe to you. Call credit spreads in Netflix. All right. That does it for us here on Options Action. We are back right here on Friday, next Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Keep it right here. Markets were off to a really weird start today. Closed off almost in the green. Keep it right here. We'll see you next week. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now.
1: Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies.